And our gospel lesson this morning comes from uh, the book of, um, of Matthew. We'll listen to Matthew's account of the Easter story this morning. And if you'd like to follow along on your pew Bible, you may. It's on page uh, 33 in the New Testament section. This is Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. I invite you now to listen to the word of our Lord. After the Sabbath... After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly they met them. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Earlier this morning, before dawn, Mary Magdalene, and the other woman named Mary went to the tomb with plans. Their plans? To care for the dead body of Jesus. We all make Easter plans. From Easter lilies to new dresses to egg hunts to, to candy, we all make Easter plans with meals and house preparations and sunrise services and community breakfasts and special music and guest musicians and flower crosses to arrive in here in this sanctuary on this cold, rainy weekend. Everyone in this room made Easter plans. And with all due respect, to our Easter plans and the time it took to make them. The Bible takes exception. In Matthew's gospel, Easter is an earthquake. Easter disrupts our, our well-crafted, diligent plans. Easter shakes the very ground below our feet, devastating the foundation of our lives. And the aftershock changes the ending to your story and my story and every story of this world. The upheaval to this new ending is shocking. It's so shocking that the guards passed out. It's so shocking that the Marys were terrified. And why wouldn't they be? They had been at the cross. They saw Jesus die. He wasn't just sort of dead. He was dead. He wasn't pretending to be dead. He was dead. And if he was no longer dead, then they, nor you, nor me, truly understand how life works. And that, that is an earth 
earth-shaking, devastating realization. A colleague of mine tells a time when she was in a little earthquake. Well, she thought it was an earthquake. It was at least had a little bit of tremor. Uh, once when she was visiting a friend who was a pastor in California, we were in the middle of an adult education class on a Sunday morning, my friend recalls, and the whole building shook just for a moment. Uh, this arming fact about the whole thing was a reaction of not to the tremors, but the people all around me. They just sat there and treated it like it was another day at the office or something. The, the only person that seemed to notice at all was a woman sitting right in front of me when during the tremor she looked up and said, Oh, uh, look, those light fixtures, they fell down last time this happened. I said to my friend over lunch, Wow. What does it take to get y'all's attentions? I mean, that was a lot. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, that was not a real earthquake. We're used to minor shakes like that. There's something about us that just wants a little jiggle of resurrection. You know, uh, we like an Easter story that gives us some reassurance uh, that at the very end of our story, when we die... Oh, we will be okay because the tomb was empty, and we'll get to see Jesus then. That's a nice, hopeful story. And we all need nice, hopeful ending to our stories because if there's one thing that we can all agree on in this divided country is that all stories come to an end. Eventually, our lives will all end in death. Every job that we have right now will eventually end. Our relationships no matter how good they are, will eventually end. So we like to hear the Easter story for hope, that there is more to the story than death, that life can continue after death. And there's nothing wrong with providing this joyful Easter message and story. I believe this is the joy that the Marys felt. When scripture says they left with joy. But the women also left with fear. When the Easter story only gives us the joy, it jiggles us just a little bit. And none of us mind a little bit of a jiggle. Because a small tremor never creates an upheaval of our plans. Instead, a tremor, it gives us some type of reward to earn down the road, something to jiggle us just a little bit to try and earn, as if we're shooting for a gold star or the A-plus on the final exam or a Christmas bonus. So one day, when our story ends, we say, I'll get my reward then. Then I'll be face-to-face -face with Jesus. But that, that's not the Easter story. The Easter story of the gospel is not a tremor. The Easter story is an earthquake. Pay attention to the interaction between the angels and the women. Go and tell the others, the messenger says. Jesus is not here. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now, that's a lot different than you saying, when we die, we'll get to see Jesus. In our story, when we wait to see Jesus at death, we keep the same old world. We don't need anything to change, really. You know, keep it like it was the day before yesterday, before anything got really shaken up. Sure, we have our complaints sometime about living in the world, this old world, everything from boredom to struggle to tragedy. 
But as hard as this world may be at times, it's a whole lot easier to live in the world that we know than to live in an Easter world that can be shaken by God at any moment. That same colleague of mine who felt that minor tremor experienced a real earthquake a few years later. She was back in California. She and that same friend were in a small conference room now setting up a display when the earthquake hit. Her friend was a veteran of these things. As, as soon as it hit, she yelled, hey, get to the door frame. They huddled there for a short time, and soon they, the, the rumble would stop. We have to get out of here. We have to get out of the building now, she ordered. This isn't over. They ran outside just in time to see the sidewall rolling towards them. Later, she reflected, I've been in tornadoes and tropical storms in a full-scale political riot complete with tear grass. Nothing, nothing, nothing was disconcerting as those three minutes. The resurrection of Jesus is an earthquake just like that. The earth moves. The world shifts, and we are all left in shock. Easter permanently rearranges our understanding of reality, a Barbara Brown Taylor suggests. Before this experience, before any experience of the risen Christ, they, we, try to squeeze what we are told happened on Easter morning into our understanding of the world and how things work in the world. Afterward, after that shock, it's the other way around. The question proposed to us on this Easter morning is not, do we believe in the doctrine of the resurrection? Frankly, that's not particularly hard to believe. The gospel asks, is not, do you dare believe? But, what difference does Easter make today? How does the risen Christ affect a woman who sits behind her desk to answer another 53 emails? Or the high school junior who writes his college essay? Or that parent who packs his daughter's lunch? What effect does it have on the 7 million people facing starvation in South Sudan or the 6 million refugees who've left Venezuela or the thousands of children who've been taken from Ukraine into Russia? What effect does it have to that husband who's dropping off his wife of 50 years at the nursing home tomorrow morning? Or that lady who's driving her best friend to cancer treatment? or the homeowner in Wynn, Arkansas? What effect does it have on a country that is wrestling with an indictment of a former president? Or six families in Nashville with empty Easter baskets this morning? Or the covenant Presbyterian parents who rock their frightened, confused kids asleep after another mass shooting. And to you and to me, what effect does it have on you and me this morning? What effect will it have on us tomorrow? 
the next day, and the next, and the next, and the next. Garrett Kaiser, who's a minister in Vermont, tells a Saturday night Easter vigil service in his church. Only two people besides Kaiser shows up in one of those embarrassing moments when it seems like no matter how well you planned everything out, everything just fell apart. And Kaiser lights the Easter candle and says the prayer. The candle sputters in the half-darkness, he writes. Like a voice too embarrassed or too overwhelmed to proclaim the good news that Christ is risen. But it catches fire. And there they are, three people in a flickering light in an old church on a Saturday evening while cars and their winter rusty mufflers rush by outside. The moment is filled with ambiguities as such, a quiet observance of just a few people in the midst of an oblivious population in a secular age. But then one of the women... She walked over to the Christ candle, and, 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 and she lit it. A woman who had been fighting breast cancer and just finished her chemo over last year. She said, way too loud, with a small group gathered, Hallelujah! And the other man in the group, clutching his one-year sobriety chip as if it's a raft, Life raft lights his candle and proclaims even louder, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. With all the noise of our world, with, with all the well-intended plans of our lives, what if this Easter, what if this Easter we stop trying to squeeze Easter into our world, stop trying to, to have Easter fill our plans, stop experiencing the see Jesus only when we die, and instead, received the promise of Easter, that Jesus has been raised from the dead, that Jesus has gone ahead of you and me to Galilee and to every other broken place that needs hope today. So what does? What does it mean for you and me here in Lillington, North Carolina today? Remember... Remember what that earthquake veteran in California said? This is not over. We have to get out of here. Well, we have to get out of the building. We have to leave this place and get out into the world. The tomb was a woman's building, and they ran telling everyone they met the good news. This Easter, or this earth-shattering news of hope. No longer do we have to wait to see Jesus. No longer do we, our well-intended plans need to be saviors of the world. Jesus is alive. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is ahead of you and me showing up in all of those places where we're too embarrassed, where we're too overwhelmed to claim the good news that Christ is risen. There is hope. There's hope for South Sudan and, and Venezuela and Ukraine because Jesus is already there. 
There's hope for when Arkansas and, and hope for all the cities affected by last week's storms and hope for Nashville, Tennessee and hope for our divided country because Jesus is already there. There is hope for every man and woman overwhelmed with emails and the senior writing his college essays and for the man receiving cancer treatments and the woman lying alone in that nursing home because Jesus is already there and there is hope for his un, all of our unresolved businesses, all of our broken relationships and the anxiety that is crippling our nation. Not because you and me, but because Jesus is out of the tomb, already there. Friends, we can't stay here. Not if we believe the gospel. Not if we believe Easter. The grounds, the grounds are shaking below your feet. That right there is your invitation. This isn't over. We have to get out. Hallelujah and amen.